Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. I'm recording from my computer because I'm not at home with my microphone. Uh, joining me is Rob Langevin, who's talking to you through illness and all. These are the lengths that we go through to make sure you get good fantasy Premier League content. Rob, A, hope you're feeling better. B, breaking... <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. You must already be feeling better because you were like mute yesterday. So... Things definitely. Uh, I can't even talk. I still, I still can't even talk, and I apologize to everybody at home. But you know, the the dedication that I have in my heart for all our valuable listeners is just too divine a wish for me to negate in this whole high holy season. Yep. So on the on the eve of the new year, I am here talking to you <laughs> about game week twenty one. Woo! And we're all super excited about it. As Rob said, he's playing hurt through this. You know, at this point of the season, nobody is without injuries. Uh, our podcast, obviously, the same. Um, we'll lead in with what was the big breaking news today, which was not that Raheem Sterling started again, although that was nice. Uh, it is that Virgil van Dyke uh, moving to Liverpool has been confirmed. That'll take place January 1. Interested to get your thoughts on him as a fantasy option and then the impact at both Southampton and Liverpool of such a good center back moving clubs uh, here in the January window? Well, I mean, first off, this is fantasy, so the first thing that people are going to look at is his price. His price is 5.4 currently. Um, the funny thing is, as soon as the news break, within the first 30 minutes, I think he was transferred in 17,000 times. Wow. Um, and he's not. He's going he's gonna to miss this, this game week. Um, so first thing is price. It's 5.4. Um, Liverpool are the top defensive team at home right now, so you have to, do, you have to look into that and say, hmm, Makes me interested because when you can start comparing him to everybody who's a useful option on Liverpool, you know, Ragnar Klavan, 4.4, Dejan Lovren, 5.3, um, the rotation of Gomez and TAA, 4.7 and 4.2, Andre, uh, Andrew Robertson at 4.6, uh, Nathaniel Klein coming back eventually at 5.3, and then you slot Virgil van Dyke in there at 5.4, and he doesn't really offer you enough of an offensive potential to be like, okay, he's the second coming of Alonso for Liverpool. But the way that Liverpool play offense, if you sh- anybody saw the matchup today in the first half for City, that's why City defenders are so good right now. They don't really have to play defense. Like, their offense basically plays the defense for them. Yeah. And Liverpool's style of play right now is, he's basically just going to sit at home, do his thing, and you're probably going to get returns equal or above maybe what o- Nicholas Otamende is doing. For, for City, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's the potential that I can see because I think they play the same valuable role in the build-up on set pieces in the box. They are, a, you know, a big figure. They they know how to get know how to get their head on the ball. But the only problem is 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 five out four price that people are going to commit to on a Liverpool team that likes to concede goals on the road 
and like I said, are the number one defensive team at home right now in the EPL. So, I mean, after January 1st, when, you know, you look at your team and people are trying to start a transfer him in, because he is a popular name, yeah. and 75 million, you know, pounds, it makes anybody, you know, jump up and take notice. You know, it's been on the news today in, in the States, and it was on CNN. So, I mean, oh, really? obviously it's a big deal. Wow. Yeah, I saw it scrolling on the bottom of CNN. So, I mean, Virgil van Dijk is a name that everybody knows. Um, now, on the counter to that, what, did it, what does it do to Southampton? It basically opens up spots for guys that are on the cheap. But you know what? We've already been seeing those guys because Virgil van Dijk's been hanging his head in the sand <laughs> and not really knowing what's up. Um, you know, you have Jack Stevens there. You know, you saw you saw McQueen this weekend. Um, and, and I think the, the best guy to probably own that benefits the most from this is Wesley Hoyt at 5.0. I know its price is, is expensive for trying to commit to a Southampton defender because Southampton's been god-awful defensively and they're not trustworthy and loyal or friendly. They're not anything of, of, of the Boy Scout creed that you want. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how Southampton comes out now that the VVD news is finally off their plate and now they can move on without having, you know, to pay his wages, have him sulk in the news and basically end up where he wanted to go all along for just, you know, four months later. Yeah, it's definitely um, an interesting one uh, with Van Dyke potentially moving. I agree with you. Uh, just something I, I feel like just sprinkling on here. Van Dyke's best season, he had 130 points. Alonso is on 110 at the halfway mm-hmm. point of the season. So even though he's a big name, I think mm-hmm. he's, he's amazing in Taga. I think he's a really good option in, in um, draft formats and potentially in DFS. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. In this one, DFS, yeah. in this one, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head with Liverpool. The home defense is good. That's where the clean sheets are coming. So if if you're willing to find a good rotation where you can play them at home and yep. not away, go for it. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think especially the people that are transferring him in too early are expecting a little too much um, from the Dutch defender. Um, another big takeaway from this weekend yeah, totally. is um, that Tottenham uh, ran roughshod again. Harry Kane, two hat-tricks in two consecutive matches. We'll, we'll start specifically with Kane and then expand to Tottenham on the whole. But are, are you buying into these performances? And if you don't own them, are you buying in now? Or do you think this is one of those where it, you don't want to chase the tail of the dragon and, and that the big week's already happened and it'll calm down from here? Well, I mean, with, with Spurs and West Ham blanking this game week, you're not really chasing the dragon uh, on anything here. You know, Arnautovic, can, we could throw Mark Arnautovic's name into this conversation because he did score two, and Harry Kane had back-to-back triples, and they're both blanking next week, and then they have a double game week fixture in 22. Um, listen, if you're a Harry Kane owner, you're not going to transfer him out because the fear that is if you transfer him back out, he may go back up in price, you may lose a penny. Um, you know, you're going to be sitting a 12.9 player on your bench because he doesn't, he blanks. Um, you know, it brings up interesting questions that I was going to bounce back to you, Kev. How many players from West Ham and Spurs would you be comfortable with? Like, say, if you have a free transfer that you're not, you're sitting on right now, how many, how many Hammer or Spurs fan, uh, players would you be comfortable with rostering this week out of your 15? Interesting. Well, I currently have two. Um, I don't know if you remember the week when I was uh, riding really high on Adrian. Uh, I actually did end up bringing him in. So I have him and Harry Kane uh, in the team at the moment. I'm fine with those two, obviously just benching them um, to then to reap the, the reward. I, I, I don't know if you could get away with three, to be honest. Um, I'm sure they're like Masawaku yeah. owners out there or or somebody like that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it'd be hard. I feel like you could technically get away with three, yeah. well, the, but the, you the, couldn't the, get away with more than that. Well, the way that the schedule is, you know, there's still a game to be played, which you're, if you're listening to this right now, it's probably out and Arsenal Crystal Palace are warming up. Um, <laughs> but it's funny, when you when the Arsenal Crystal Palace game is over, you look at the turnaround times for, for some teams. Three teams have 72 hours or less than 72 hours of turnaround time yeah. with the three games on, on Saturday. And then everybody else, you know, I mean, sorry, the, the seven games on Saturday and then the two fixtures on Sunday. So there's a couple teams that have, you know, a, a little bit extra resting time, City and Arsenal being, being the two – and, and Palace. Um, so, I mean, with the, with the a truncated schedule and everybody shoving five pounds of schedule into a 10-pound sack, um, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. I mean, everybody's going to be setting up, setting themselves up for double game week 22. I mean, that's basically what everybody's eyes are on right now. They're probably not going to make a change this week unless they really, really have to. I think this is going to be a very down week for people rotated and sitting-wise. Mm. Um, you know, I... I'm staring. I'm staring at my team and looking forward to, to, to game week 22. But I'm worried about what my returns are going to be in 21 because I don't own Harry Kane. My my whole thing was I never had. I never owned Harry Kane for the for the doubles, and that's probably why I'm just pummeled, just plummeting down the standings right now. Um, but in, in game week 22, Harry Kane is going to be the most owned player in the in the FPL universe. He's going to overtake Salah, and he's probably going to stay that way until you know future double game week fixtures get get figured out because Kane is showing. What he what did we do three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we did that podcast when he said, "Listen, nobody likes nobody likes rostering the most expensive player, but yeah. you know what? When you want to paint your house, you can't just stand there and watch it dry. He's going to give you returns, and the paint is going to look fine. So yeah. he's definitely worth the juice, the squeeze of the juice. At, the, at you know, he's going to be thirteen by the time game week twenty two rolls around. Yeah, and it is so crazy. I mean, two years ago. We were talking about how impressive it was that Lukaku got 18 goals. A year before that, Charlie Austin getting 17 made him an FPL darling. Harry Kane is on 18 goals through just 20 yep. matches. Like, it's it's yep. absolutely ridiculous what he's doing this far. Like, two weeks ago, we talked about um, would Kane, you know, maybe beat out Salah for that golden boot. And now, all of a sudden, six goals in just two matches later. And looking like it would be uh, quite the task for anybody to catch up yeah. with Sir Harold Kane. Quick question for yeah. you. Uh, Pascal Gross? Well, sure. well, what do people do? Because he's everybody's low budget. Well, not everybody, uh, but he's a lot of people's low budget guy. Uh, should people try to climb up? Should they try to punt down to somebody like Loftus-Cheek? What should people do with Pascal Gross? Well, I mean, now's the time that people are going to start looking at the dead weight on their roster. Um, is there better viable options at the 5.9 price tag that Gross is? You know, he's got he's basically has one tally in his last 10 fixtures. Um, Brighton scores just under one goal per match in their last 12. Um, yeah, it's, it's not good. It, this is, this is the, the caveat with owning players of value on, you know, non-frequent scoring teams. Um, yes, the value is there because he's probably going to be grabbing all the, you know, all the goods. He's probably, you know, he likes to steal. He's a klepto for fantasy, basically, for Brighton. But he just <laughs> doesn't give you enough consistency. Um, you know, at 5.9 in the midfield midfield range, you're, there's tons of guys there that you can, you know, you can roster. You know, Shakiri is only 6.1. I know Stoke is probably basically on the same one. But it, it, the one guy that stands out right now, and I wanted to bring this up with you, but I'm going to, I'm just going to tangent into another, another question here for you. What we, what we've seen from Jesse Lingard <clears throat> at 6.1 is in that price range mm-hmm. for Pascal Gross. I think what we saw from United was the first and only time we're going to see 
uh, Ibra and Lukaku on the pitch at the same time in the positions that they were. When, when Lingard came on the, on the pitch, it was a completely different offense. He's playing in front of Pogba. Pogba's a little bit more freer. He's be, trying to be a little playmaker. But Lingard adds that speed element that is different than Rashford and different than Martial. Because I think he's better coming down the center, whereas Rashford and, <clears throat> excuse me, Martial are better on the wings. This is a strange question, Kevin. Who's the most ownable Man United player right now? Is it, is it Lingard or is it Ashley Young? That's a great shout. I mean, uh, I was actually going to talk to you here, uh, next about how Manchester United have failed to keep a clean sheet in their last three matches and what used to look like a lock now looks like a question mark. Man, uh, Mata's been starting a lot of matches, but do you really want to own him? I, I feel like it's Pogba or Lingard, and uh, the only reason I'm confident in Pogba is just because he's got the captain's band, so you got to figure that he's going to be played in any match he's available, uh, which is more than you can say for a lot of these guys. <laughs> I mean, Lingard, as you said, um, has been absolutely beasting lately, and the only thing that would keep him out would be a change of formation because McTarian has clearly lost the job to him. Um, and so yeah. the only thing that would change is if the formation changed and then Lingard lost his spot to one of Lukaku or uh, Ibra. And as you said, it does not look like Jose will be trying that again anytime mm-hmm. soon. Um, so I love Lingard at the cost. Yeah. I think he's a great fifth guy. Uh, you can like roll him out every week. Maybe he starts, maybe he doesn't. Um, but I think he's a great, uh, I think he's a great upgrade from Gross because even though he won't be playing every match, even though he isn't the focal point the way Gross is, for Brighton, even if he just got a tally in every three, as you said, that's 33 plus percent better than, about well, 66 percent better than what Gross yeah. is doing. So, um, yeah, I, I think yeah. Gross up to Lingard is a great shout. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, formally we can say Lingard is ownable now. He's getting the minutes, and even when he's not even coming on as a sub, he's doing enough that at his price he's worth owning. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he's the guy. That is the poster child for your your first sub for midfielders. I think because yeah. he, you can't really count on him if he if he if he starts and if he does start, you probably have a, a better playable option. If they don't start because they're rotated out, Lingard will pop back in there and give you decent returns. And the, the funny thing about Ashley Young is he's he's a whole dollar cheaper than Lingard and only scored ten uh, nine less points than yeah. than Lingard to date. And has played almost 250 less minutes. Yeah, and, and I, I think people are just off on on Young because of his positional classification, um, yeah. which is lame. But yeah, oh, it's it's an OOP thing. Yeah, yeah, but the, it's but the an wrong OOP way. thing. But it's the it's the opposite OOP thing. <laughs> right, it's the, the Eric Dyer. The thing. opposite OOP. So O O O P. Yeah, O P O P O O O P. Dyslexic. O O O. <laughs> Word. Uh, can you trust United's defense right now? Mm, I wouldn't. Um, yeah. If you're a multiple investor, I mean, uh, you know, I think everybody. I think if people are trying to look look for money in you know in small places, I think that the the hey the time to own De Gea is is come and gone. Um, I think the only defender that's ownable is still Phil Jones because it's still a little bit of a value there at five at whatever he is. You bought him that, um, but De Gea's price is is not where you want right now. Um, United's upcoming fixtures are up and I believe they're up and down a little bit. Southampton, Everton, Stoke, Burnley, Spurs in their next five. Um, and Everton has been playing very, very well and they struggled with Stoke the last time they played them. So, and Burnley's no joke either. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's an interesting stretch right here until the end of January. And then United's got to start thinking about Champions League again when in February when it starts picking back up and their schedule actually gets a little worse because they do have Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, 
and Man City still play in that in that set. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a time to own United players, which is why I said I think the most ownable player right now for United is either Ashley Young or Jesse Lingard. There's just all it's all a value play for United because consistently um, their best defender is is Romelu Lukaku because um, mm. he just doesn't score for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm. I'm I'm way off United right now, way way off. Yeah, as you is very reasonable considering what we've seen from them in recent weeks. Um, would you be up for a quick game of either ors? Uh, we could do it. I mean, I we, I can think of one after you give me one. Maybe. All right, yeah, because well, I'm quick like that on the fly. Well, I'll uh, just kind of carry in from that conversation we were having. Would you rather have Phil Jones or Andres Christensen, who was a surprise illness scratch at the weekend? Um, I'd probably go with Christensen only because you know what you're getting with Christensen. Phil Jones is just lying in the weeds somewhere with the United inconsistency right now. Um, you, you saw Christensen miss the weekend, and I think he would have missed anyway. I think it was a Cahill game to play and slide him back in there with Rudiger on the other side. Mm. <clears throat> That's usually what happens when they when they do play. When, when Cahill plays the center, Rudiger plays the wide side, and then when Christensen plays, Cahill plays the opposite side. So I think it was more of a get Rudiger into the, into the situation as well. But I like, I like Christensen. I, I think Chelsea is starting to be more defensive from what they are. I know he's not going to give you returns of, of the Aspulacuetas or the you know, the Alonzos, but you know he's still not awful. He's still he's still averaging over four points per game over the last four, you know six eight six, and then he blanked over the last four. So I mean that's decent enough return for the cheapest entry point into the Chelsea defense. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, both. I'll jump into my. Oh yeah, yeah. My voice is is wavering, Kevin. It's wavering. <laughs> um, I'm liking what I've seen from from Everton, Everton recently, especially from their defense. And basically, every one of their defenders is is under five point five. So basically, you could just invest your money completely in there. Uh, so, so are you are you more of a believer in the cheapies of Mason Holgate and John Joe Kenny, or would you think there's a better return of Michael Keane or maybe an Ashley Williams? Uh, this one's easy because I brought in Kenny two weeks ago, um, which has been pretty good. I think it's a Assist and a clean sheet since I brought him in, if memory serves. Assist and two clean sheets since I brought him. So that's gone yeah. very, very well. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd obviously go uh, John Joe Kenny for now. I mean, the only thing that will displace him is Seamus Coleman when he comes back. And uh, unlike Belassi, who we were, like, constantly getting yeah. updates on, I feel like we just haven't heard about Coleman in a really long time. Obviously, uh, recovering from that horrendous double leg break. Um, so yeah, I think Kenny for now is a great option. Yeah. I think yeah. Sam did what we always thought he would do, which is clean things up at the back and then kind of sort the rest out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all mm-hmm. aboard the John Joe Kenny train. What about you? Uh, I, I love John Joe Kenny at his price 4.5. I think he's there to stay for a while. Um, I think the insert, the reinsertion of Yannick Balassi into the Everton lineup is going to help that defense a ton mm-hmm. because I think he stretches the pitch on the one side and it gives the defense the break that they need. They don't have that stretching, you know, that stretching player. And the funny thing is they're stretching the player when they were all healthy is Seamus Coleman because he brings that, that wide side play. Um, but yeah, big ups to Yannick Balassi, good friend of the show, or <laughs> frequent mentioner on the show. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, really, really cool that uh, uh, he's been getting in as much as he has. Um, coming back to you at nine point three, two of the best playmakers in the Premier League, despite you know form sometimes playing against them. Would you rather have Mesut Ozil or Christian Eriksen? Ooh, I mean. I'd rather have Erickson for game week 22. Yeah. Um, and you'd rather have Ozil I, I'm not a Mesut Ozil fan. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not a Mezzanotto fan. I don't like what he does on the pitch. Yes, he has games where he's just a, a looks like a firecracker and, and is just dynamite. But there's games where he just disappears completely. Um, I don't know whether that's because he pouts or he's just not into the game flow or Arsenal just suck at getting him involved or, or, or what. But I'm just not – I'd rather own Christian Eriksen two days – Every day of the week, <laughs> rather than Mesut Ozil at, at, right now. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> All yeah. right. So for the for the double game week, I know mm-hmm. everybody's thinking about West Ham. Yeah, West Ham. You're setting yourself up for West Ham. Mm-hmm. Are are you believing that Arnautovic is on on a good pace here and on a good on a good on a good uh, goal scoring thing? And you think it stays, or are you trusting somebody who's more of the facilitator and playmaker in Lanzini? Uh, I think you got to go Arnautovic. I mean, five goals in five is pretty dang impressive. And he's been starting up front over the likes of Chicharito. Carroll has obviously been in and out um, at times throughout the season. So, yeah, I, I, I'd take Arnautovic over pretty much anybody at West Ham right now. I think even if he gets pushed out wide because Chicharito did get the assist, maybe he'll be given a shot again yeah. uh, here under um, – Wow, yeah. just completely banked. Under Moyes, which he hasn't really gotten yet, although there was some injury stuff involved. <laughs> um, but I think Arnautovic, regardless of where he is on the pitch, he's finally finding that groove. Um, and and we, we were waiting to see this ever since he came uh, to West Ham. In theory, he was a really good fit, um, just wasn't working out. So, yeah, I, I'm willing to buy on Arnautovic. I'm not expecting an average of a goal per game from him, but uh, I think he's a really no. interesting option at his price. I think he's really tempting. I do. I do like Lanzini as a player. I just think he's better in other formats. Yeah. Oh, completely better in, in a draft style play Taga, maybe even a DFS because he does take more pieces that get him involved with touches. Arnautovic yeah. is more of a goals guy, where Lanzini is a quantity quantity of touch guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Would you rather have him or Richarlison, who finally did something this week? Who? Mm-hmm. Who? Arnautovic or mm-hmm. Richarlison or Lanzini? Uh, Arn Arnautovic or Charleston. You're break you're breaking up. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Um I'd probably go with Arnautovic only because I'm looking ahead to the schedule better. You know, um, the double game week is too tempting that you don't want to have Arnautovic in there. I think that the two games, the blank plus itself, the double game week is more beneficial than just having Richarlson in, in your in your midfield. Mm, makes sense. Uh anything else you want to discuss before we take it to the break? No, I think we're good. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my voice back maybe, hopefully. <laughs> all right. All right, and we are back. We're going to run through our starts and sits real quickly here, hopefully in time for Rob to rest his voice and not be in too much pain. Um, for my forward that I'm starting this week, I'm going to go with Alvaro Morata. He's up against Stoke. Uh, the last time he faced them, he notched a hat trick, um, and Stoke have not kept a clean sheet in the last 10 matches. Uh, and also, I just kind of need this one to come true. Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning pretty heavy on Morata this week. After after recent failures, they get on the score sheet this weekend, uh, and I'm hoping that projects to bigger and better things. Uh, in midfield, well, Rob, you know how a lot of times I kind of get blamed for going with chalk picks? People are like, oh, that's not really like that yeah. great a call. Um, how about Chris Brunt? Now, you, you and I have talked a little bit about West Brom. Um, since they brought in Pardew, and it hasn't really gone to script thus far. But Chris Brunt has quietly snuck into the top five in both chances created and accurate crosses over the last five matches. He's at 5-1 price, 0.5% owned. I mean, if you're looking for a budget differential guy, I mean, this is your guy. We're, we're not doing uh, the yeah. DFS show anymore, so if you're interested in DFS, this is a very interesting DFS shout. Um whether you want to just bring him in for one week here. I mean, if you want to downgrade from gross, this is a guy that's going to play. I don't really trust 
uh, Arsenal's defense. We're recording before their match this week, so we might have seen something since. But as we're recording, the last defensive uh, uh, match we saw from them was against Liverpool, where they let in three. Um, so not yeah, feeling didn't, didn't look so hot. Yeah, exactly. So not feeling too worried about that Arsenal defense. So uh, usually I go chalk, but going going real deep cut this week. With uh, Chris Brunt, who again, top five in chances created inaccurate crosses over yeah. the last five matches. Um, in defense, it's your big boys. Chelsea, Liverpool, United, you love them all. As you mentioned, Liverpool, best home defense in the league. I like the matchups for both Chelsea and United. Hopefully they can keep things clean here. Rob, who you got? Uh, yeah, under my starts, it's all started at the back. Uh, I'm basically mentioning everybody I talked about in the show because I kind of have an instant love affair with these <laughs> two guys. John Joe Kenny, yeah. 5.7% owned, 4.5 price. Uh, he's probably going to go up again before the week, weekend fixture, so if, if you can get him, get him now. Uh, he's got three cleans in his last four, five in his last seven. Um, Everton seemed to be gelling as a unit. That is important. If anybody's listened to these podcasts multiple times, I say that a lot, and <laughs> it happens a lot, because when they start playing as a team, that are the results happen. Five and seven is not a, not a coincidence. Uh, my midfield, uh, I'm loving Jesse Lingard at 6.1. I think that he's the differential through the middle, that, that Mata, that Martial, that Rashford, Basically what Josie was looking for from everyone else, and he's basically giving it to you at a discount. He's returning 8.6 points per game in those last four. That's the highest scoring midfielder during that time. That's mm. more than Salah, and that's more than wow. Raheem Sterling. And he didn't even start one game, so yeah. there's that. Um, and my forward, anybody not named Harry Kane. Murata's um, a great shout by Kevin. He, he did mention he got a hat trick last time, so I mean that's that's good stuff. Bobby Digital is 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 on point right now. He's I'm completely informed. Liverpool's going to score some score boatloads of goals because that's what they do. Um, On to my sit, um, Romelu Lukaku is my sit. I'm sorry, anybody who owns him, 30.5 percent still own him. 11.4 price tag. Um, if you still own him by New Year's, and I'm xing you off the Christmas card list for next year. <laughs> when you start here. When you start hearing bad news about Lukaku and his style of play and how he's basically a drag on, on the United system, basically Lindard came in and was running circles around everybody who was up front and was always in the right place where Lukaku should be, but he wasn't. So Lukaku, 30% owned, no thank you. Um, through the midfield, I didn't write this before, and Kevin brought it up. My midfield sit is Pascal Gross. It's why I had all those comfy stats in front of me. <laughs> owned in 80% of leagues. Uh, 5.9 price tag has one return in his last 11 games. That's not good. Brighton doesn't score enough for me at all. Um, downshift to somebody else, like that's a differential. Ashley Young still got some meat on the bone, and if you want to jump on the, the Lingard bandwagon, fine. Do it. He looks like Squidward. You could be a SpongeBob fan. <laughs> uh, on this, my defense is Leicester defense. Uh, Harry Maguire, 5.3. He's the most owned defender there, 10.5. Um, if, if Wester's kept somebody clean-sheeted in the last 10 games, I missed it because I just wasn't paying attention. Their defense is just blah, they, and they usually always end up conceding. I know they probably have a clean sheet in there. I'm just completely joking. <laughs> I'm just being lazy. But uh, Lester this week is going to get some goals put up against them because um, who are they playing? Liverpool at yeah. home. And Liverpool are just going to blank them. So um, sit Lester. Sit Crystal Palace, sit West Brom, you know, sit Let, yeah. I mean, sit Stoke. You're not owning any of those other teams, but just in case you are, just as a little sense of reality. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, for me, uh, my sit is, uh, pretty obvious. We mentioned it earlier, but worth noting, Harry Kane will not be playing this week. 
um, as you said, it's just really important that people are aware of that because uh, we did get some tweets about people missing the Friday deadline um, last weekend. Uh, and so, you know, I think a lot of times we're, we're talking to really high-end concepts and players and stuff like that, and it can lead to just kind of ignoring small details like that that can really mess with your week. So if, if for some reason you were just rolling Kane yep. or you had the C on him, Lord forbid, um, just, you know, be very aware. Harry Kane not playing this week. Um, in midfield, uh, the player I'm sitting and selling is going to be Leroy Sané, who uh, I have seen people say, oh, well, don't sell him now because he hasn't uh, been benched two consecutive matches thus far this season. And that is true. That, that's a good statistic. But he's blanked in four out of the last five starts that he's gotten. Like I, I, I'm a, obviously a little worried yeah. about rotation. But what he's doing on the pitch isn't good enough. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are going to the playing time excuse when there are actual issues there. Um, why you would have him over Sterling or, or De Bruyne, who obviously is way more expensive. Um, but but I, I just don't know why yeah. you'd still be rolling Sané at this point. And this is the perfect time for you to just get out. Like, uh, Rob, you know, I was on Fabregas for three weeks. He was benched two out of the three. And then I had to pull the trigger. Yep. Like, even though he might have started the next week, like at a certain point, you yep. just got to cut bait um, and move on to a player that you're yep. more confident in. Um, and yep. then in net loss. Yeah. Loss is a net gain. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the, the defense I don't like is Arsenal, which I mentioned. Um, of course, by the time this is out, Arsenal may have kept a, an impressive clean sheet, uh, here in the midweek, but, uh, I, and West Brom haven't been scoring a lot, but I just have this weird feeling backed by that brunt stat. Uh, Solomon Rondon has been playing better. Um, Jay Rodriguez is back. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, this, this, to be fair, this is my ride or die week with yeah. West Brom. Like, I've been on them since part of you came in. They have not yeah. done much. If I'm wrong this week, I'll probably bail on them. But I'm just not as worried about this Arsenal fixture as I bet a lot of people probably are. Um, <laughs> jumping into our yeah. teams, uh, for me, as I try to bring up the page on very, very slow internet. Uh, sorry again if that's caused any issues to you guys listening at home. Um, I'm going to be playing uh, Fabianski at the back since Adrian is on by. Um, then Christensen, Jones, and John Joe Kenny at the back. Then Sterling, Salah, Richarlison, Utzel, and currently Gross. That could be Lingard, but I'm also considering holding on to my free transfer so that I have a double for 22, even though I will already have Tottenham uh, and West Ham cover. Uh, just the option of maybe going Utzel to Ericsson or something like that is is interesting. Um, then up front, I have Morata and Calvert-Lewin, who also this is his last week for me. Uh, well, it's, it's his make-or-break week. Yeah. If Calvert-Lewin does something, I'll hold on to him. If not, against a very poor Bournemouth defense, I'll probably look to move on. The bench, Adrian and Kane aren't playing. Ward might still be hurt. And Angel Rangel is just the price dump. I'm thinking I'm going to put the C on Sterling yeah. and the V on Morata. What are you looking at, Rob? Uh, I haven't made any moves yet. I have uh, Fabianski in goal. I have a Watford, Burnley, and United defense right now. It's there. It's Cabaselli, Ward, and Jones. Um, I'm missing Masuaku because they blank. Um, I def- my one- I'll use one transfer this week and probably shore up someone in my defense. Um, I'm thinking of going all the way up to Alonso because I do have the money. I have almost $3 million in the bank. Oh, um, wow. My midfield is Salah, Pogba, De Bruyne, Coutinho, Shakiri. 
Um, Shakiri, this is, is, he's basically just dead weight right now, but I've been flip-flopping him and Calvert-Lewin in there, so I may play Calvert-Lewin over him. Uh, my strikers are Murata and Firmino. Um, I'd probably, right now, put it, put the cap down on either Murata or Firmino. Um, though I like what I saw from De Bruyne today. It's just that at yeah. points in the game, he's playing so far, he's playing so deep, and basically he's, he just pops up, gets his shots, and you hope he, he basically gets four chances a game, and if he doesn't score on one of those four, you're not, you're not getting a return. Um, I know he gets assists. He got an assist today on Sterling Cole, mm. but that's the only thing that's leery about me, Captain De Bruyne. De Bruyne is a great fantasy player. He's probably somebody that you want. You know, so you can have three city players, three Liverpool players, and that'll make up five, you know, six of your front seven if you <laughs> yeah. wanted to, and then just go cheap everywhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my team. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I haven't really looked, like Kevin said, at the beginning of the show. I'm, I've been under the weather. I'm just basically standing here in my own puddle of, of snot. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want you to have to do that any longer. Uh, this is going to be a shorter one for us. So, Rob, we'll get out of here so you can get proper medical attention. Uh, where can they find you in the yes. interim? Um, if you're a physio, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP, or you can find my writings, stylings, and musings on rasball.com. Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter. You can find my writings over at Goal.com, and also on this very channel, you can check out our EPL and championship shows, uh, both of which can give you a little insight uh, into fantasy stuff, the championship show. You can keep an eye on kind of the prospects for next season, like uh, we had Gross and Moy last year, uh, and then the Premier League show. Obviously, you can get insights from... Uh, or, t- or Tony Pulis. <laughs> there you go, with Tony Middlesbrough, Pulis. for whatever reason that happened. Um, but yeah, so anyway... Just keep an eye out on our Premier League, our championship, obviously this fantasy show here. And then, uh, as Rob said, you can find me at Goal and him at Rasball. I'm at Kevroff on Twitter. The show is at EPL Roundtable. Rob, thanks so much for struggling through this one. I uh, hope the folks at home enjoy it. Sorry again for any audio issues based it, on my end. But uh, best of luck to your teams, and we'll catch you Peace. next time. Peace.